0: Good day to all of our investors and general listeners, and this is the first, the very first installment of the Rudd Commentary. My name is Josh Rudd, and I'll be your host on this presentation today. I'm the president of the Rudd Company. We are a wealth management firm headquartered in Fort Worth, Texas, that specializes in active portfolio management, retirement planning, and the setup and management of employer-sponsored retirement plans. And with me today is Jack Herr, our Capital Markets Associate also known as our trading and research guru here at the Redco. Jack, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners?
1: Thanks, Josh. First off, I just wanted to say thanks for the opportunity for letting me be on the podcast. I'm excited. Um, It's definitely something new for our firm, and it should be a good opportunity. So like Josh said, I'm the Capital Markets Associate. Basically what that means is I assist in all investment research and trading activity. A little bit about me. I started as an intern at the company and worked my way up. I went through a rotation, so I got to see all aspects of the business and eventually settled in capital markets. I graduated from TCU. Sorry, Josh. I had to give the Horn Frogs a shout out there. We right. won't hold
0: that against you, Jack.
1: <laughs> and overall, I think we have a really good team here. I can tell that each of us are passionate about what we do, and it definitely leads to a productive environment.
0: Thank you for... Uh introducing yourself to to our listeners and, and clients as this is our first installment of many we hope for the rudd commentary I would like to introduce the program and just uh, let you know let our listeners know how this is going to go and, and really what to expect on these going forward so the the biggest reason for beginning this program is to bring timely information and updates to our investors and and not just about the financial markets but more topical information that uh, is important to you is it really is is successful people. So here at the Rudd Company, we focus on what we call high performers. These are individuals and families that are successful and usually pretty darn competitive. They take pride in their work and, and in general just like to win. Whether you are in the asset building phase, uh, you know, so, you know, just starting out and and you're a early high performing business or, or focused on generating income from a lifetime of hard work, this program is designed to bring you some timely information and help you make the most out of your investments, and and really ultimately help you achieve what we are passionate about, which is your long term financial success. So, you know, second to that is pretty simple to provide an easy medium for our clients to receive updates in a format that can be accessed as as needed. Uh, As many of our clients and investors, uh, you you lead pretty busy lives, we know this, and we believe this will add value by being uh, not just relevant, but easy to listen to on, on your schedule. So I want to get into the markets and, and jump right in, and, and uh, I'll get Jack's comment. Uh, did, did did you hear about the—had uh, a pretty rough market, actually, today. Uh, did, you, did you see what the European market uh, did today?
1: No, I didn't. What happened? It,
0: was, it, uh, it slid pretty
1: bad. Do you know why? Why is that? Greece. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> might need to be a little better than that on the next podcast. I'll, I'll
0: definitely, definitely <laughs> try to do that. Uh, so we did have some, some striking volatility again today. Um, these are days that, that we uh, look for opportunities in the markets. But we've had a pretty strong year so far in the financial markets. Uh, we're getting a lot of questions from investors on some uh, recent news headlines that I'd like to address. And I know Jack uh, you know, sees these headlines come across his desk on the newswire and, and on the Terminal. So uh, first, I want to check in with uh, Jack and, and see what we're hearing from our clients just on uh, some of the, the more topical and, and you know, just uh, more recent questions that we've been getting here at the firm.
1: Thanks, Josh. Um, I think the clear number mm-hmm. one in the trading room right now is just China and the overall trade concerns. Um, that's definitely on the top of, of mind for most investors. And we're right now, we're seeing these big swings in the market um, when related news comes out to trade and you know, anything related to that. So I just wanted to get your overall opinion on, first, the tariffs that have already been put in place, and then second, what do you think the future outlook is for trade with China?
0: And so we get a lot of, as Jack said, we get a lot of <clears throat> questions and, and concerns over uh, the tariffs and just the general trade tensions with China. And as a firm, you know, we're in the business of looking for you know, long term investment ideas, you know, we're not in yeah, like, for example, the real estate market where people are looking at, at rehabbing houses and, and flipping them in a, in a short period of time or private equity where you know, they have a standard three to five year hold, we're looking a little bit longer out. And, and historically, um, it's not that we've seen the same thing time and time again, or we've seen this uh, movie before. But I think when you take uh, your view out a little longer, Uh, becomes less important. Um, You know, we are seeing uh, a different landscape with regard to the the negotiations, or I guess you can call them negotiations, between uh, uh, Trump or the U.S. and and Xi and and China, the current administration. So we do have some concerns in the short term, and you're going to see a lot of the industrial and and conglomerates uh, struggle through this period. Uh, You know, we export a lot of large machinery when you think of aircraft and tractors and Uh, financial services and, and, uh, you know, farming, not just equipment, uh, but actual, you know, produce of the United States. So I know that it is presenting some challenge in the short term for not only investors, but those producing and and trying to earn a living in those industries. Uh, But really, in the long term, you know, I don't want to belittle this to just a blip on the chart. But in our firm, we look for opportunity. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what we're currently looking for, companies that may in the short term having some challenges but are, are well run and, and have good financials and will continue to push through this challenge as well. So I think, Jack, you know, in the long term, I'm not as concerned. I, I do believe uh, the government in general has our best interest in heart. And I'm a little more opportunistic and just looking for pricing opportunities in this environment.
1: Thanks, Josh. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is the yield curve. So right now, we're seeing the two and 10 year kind of teeter in between inverted and flat. And for those of you that don't know, we're pretty active in the bond market. So that's something we're looking at every single day. And so Josh, I just wanted to get your opinion on the yield curve. And do you think it could stay inverted as we head into 2020?
0: So Jack's trying to get me to forecast interest rates, which uh, it's not re- not a real profitable or accurate uh, time for anybody. So the inverted yield curve has gotten a lot of headlines lately. And as Jack mentioned, we do a lot of bond business, and we're actually pretty passionate about that. And it's been really challenging for us here recently, just with the low interest rates. So uh, yes, the uh, the 2 and the 10 uh, did invert. And in fact, the 30-year year briefly uh, fell below 2%, which was An interesting sight to see for us. Less concerned about the inverted yield curve. Um, You know, just the unusual and unnatural monetary policy that's taken place in this country uh, since the financial crisis uh, has really created a very challenging and unique environment for us. Um, We're more concerned about getting good uh, rates and reinvestment rates for our clients on a regular basis. I I think that it's less uh, indicative of a recession than than it has been in the past and maybe just a symptom of that uh, unnatural government policy that I referenced earlier. And so not as concerned about the temporary inversion of the curve. However, I am uh, concerned about low interest rates. Those of you that are high performers that are working and building and competing out there and trying to move the needle every day and and push that freight train, you know, it's very, uh, or a little less challenging than it is for you that are are on a fixed income, because, you know, you got one of two choices. You can either sit there and and take sub 2% rates. uh, And it's, uh, you know, Jack's uh, hasn't mentioned yet, but he's uh, challenged every day, looking for muni bonds, trying to get them above 2%, believe it or not. Uh, Or you can, uh, if you're retired, and and you don't want to tolerate those low rates, uh, you can go into equity or or more aggressive investments, which present more risk to the portfolio. So you've got a couple of options there that uh, that don't seem too great. And and that's where we step in and, and try to add value. So Jack, less concerned about the inverted yield curve as I am, uh, you know, the the unprecedented low rates that we have in this environment. Um, I think with a traditional bond laddering strategy that, that we do here at this firm, you know, as long as you have regular maturities and and uh, you're able to reinvest those, uh, you know, it doesn't solve all your problems, but it uh, it actually works pretty well in these types of environments. So you've got, you know, longer investments where you've locked in, better rates and and you're not constantly holding short-term securities. But I will tell you, Jack, for those of our listeners that just buy, you know, short-term certificates of deposits, it's, I can imagine it's been pretty hard, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I'd agree. And I'm glad you brought up the bond ladder strategy. Um, Like you said, it's been very tough, but I think that's a way in which we can find, um, you know, value here and there and add to our clients' portfolios. So the next thing, and along the, the same lines as rates and I wanted to talk about the negative rates in Europe. And so obviously I think that's in turn affecting U.S. yields. Um, investors, Foreign investors can't really find the yields they're looking for domestically, so they're coming more to you know, our treasuries, buying them, increasing prices, lowering yields. What is your opinion on negative rates in Europe, and do you th- see those rates getting better anytime soon?
0: Boy, that's a that's a big one. You know, and, and Jack made a really good point. That's very, very uh, a smart analysis of, of rates here and, and where our firm believes that they're going. You know, we have, depending on the source you look at, around $15 trillion in negative rates, sovereign debt out there, uh, which if you don't have a benchmark, you know, that uh, number may not mean a lot to you, but it, it's a lot. And, and uh, Jack made a really good point that, you know, the U.S. is is the strongest and largest economy in the world. And and we have some of the highest rates, which is kind of backward, it seems. But yeah, so the negative interest rates, I just it doesn't make sense to me. I I can't even understand loaning your money out for 30 years at 2%, much less, uh, (laughs) you know, having a a negative rate, you know, and and for those of you who, who may not follow how that works, you know, you have a certain rate on a bond. And, you know, let's say it's a quarter of a percent or two percent, it really doesn't matter, but the price is bid up to the point to where the return on that bond is negative. You know, you're, you're paying, a, you know, 120%, 130% of that bond's uh, par value, and, and it just works out to where your yield is negative. So, um, yeah, it just seems kind of silly to most of us that live in the rural world, but internationally, that's, that's actually what's happening, and, and uh, it doesn't quite sense uh, make sense to us here, and I also want to make a point that when you know many years ago when we designed this system here in the U.S., you know we just look at the banking system, the Federal Reserve. I really don't think that they had negative rates in mind when they when they designed this system. So it's it's one of those things that uh, is a little challenging for us. And your question had to had to do a little bit with you know international rates and and the impact but you know I, I don't like forecasting rates but I will tell you that it's very challenging for me to think uh, that rates are going to get any better anytime soon with the global environment of interest rates and and uh, the volatility in the market and and all the uh you know easing and and the uh money printing and and the stimulus that's coming out from from the governments around the world so big concern um, you know a lot of demand for uh, for the US's rate and I think it's going to have an impact on uh, currency and and probably uh, things that we don't even realize yet so uh, yes concern of mine you know we're doing our best uh, you had referenced earlier to ladder out bonds and to have a uh, you know a strategy that protects our client all that we can for as much as we can from uh, interest rate volatility but it's definitely challenging
1: Thanks. So now that we've covered, you know, the inversion of the yield curve and negative rates in Europe and our rates moving down as well, I'm sure you knew this question was coming, but I just want to talk about the recession fears a little bit. So there seems to be a little bit of a narrative coming out right now. Um, some recession fears, obviously, you know, we've we've had a good run in the stock market since it crashed late last decade. So I really just wanted to get your opinion um on the recession fears. Do you think this is a narrative that kind of stems from that long bull run that we've had or do you think there are real indicators that are signaling a recession?
0: So this is the question ben, I think at the top of everybody's mind that, w- that we talk to because most folks equate, you know, recession with falling asset prices, stock market, uh, real estate. Uh, whatever you're invested heavily into, and so everybody has an interest in trying to predict the recession. Um, you know, it's funny about a recession is, is you don't know one until you're in one or you've been in one for a little while. I mean, it's a you know it's a measurement and a you know a tool that we use to measure you know contraction in the overall economy. So and and there's ways there's leading indicators and lagging indicators and all that good stuff. But I guess the the point that I'm trying to make is that you know one of the one of the great things about the United States and and our you know, capitalist society that we have here is we don't have to fear those recessions. They're very normal. They have effective way of, of making assets more affordable. I mean, I can give you a real example here locally in, in Texas and in north central Texas. We've seen incredible appreciation on uh, single family homes. And I mean the homes that, you know, the millennials are now trying to buy. And uh you know we've seen price appreciation you know that's not just double digits, but we're talking forty fifty percent mean, just over the last several years so you know it's it's pretty daunting if i'm uh you know in my mid twenties and I'm looking to buy a home uh looking at the prices now versus you know just five and six years ago and and I'm not saying a recession is good i, I people you know it's you know they lose jobs and it's it's horrible but one one of the things that's cyclical about our economy is and uh, one of the positive things we can say is a recession uh, is a great repricing tool. And it brings those assets down to where they're a little more affordable. And as my father in law used to say, you know, if if you uh, if you happen to be in a recession, and, and, and you lose your job, the great thing about America is you can go out and create one. You know, this is a great place to be. It's a great country. Uh, and we're all blessed to be here. So recessions, uh, just just to put a bow on this uh, point, recessions are normal. Do I think there's one around the corner? Of course, there's a recession. You know, that's a normal part of our economy. Is it going to happen, you know, in three months? Or is it going to happen in three years? I don't know. I can tell you that the consumer is still very strong, which is so surprising to me. Um, you know, we've had uh, we had such a deep uh, snapback uh, whipsaw effect in the, in the financial crisis uh, a little more than 10 years ago. And, and we are, Jack, we're in a long uh, You know, I I know this has kind of become cliche and people are tired of hearing of it, but, you know, we're in the 10th or 11th inning here. And, uh, you know, but I've been to some great baseball games that have gone longer than that, (laughs) you know, where I get home at, you know, 2.30 in the morning. So, and it's been very enjoyable. Um, You know, it's usually a problem when it's last call in the seventh inning, you know, but there's a lot of stimulus out there, Jack, and um, the retail and the consumer, you know, we got some good numbers out last week. And I think if you're a good business and you know you sell something that consumers are gonna buy and you're disrupting. I get excited about that. It doesn't matter whether we're in a recession or not so recession uh are normal and they uh they unlock opportunity for people young people to buy homes and and old guys like me sitting in a trading room trying to pick stocks so <laughs> that's uh that's kind of my my thought about that.
1: thanks Josh. I like the uh word opportunity and I also like the analog- the baseball analogy you had there. So um, that brings us to our last point and something I just want to touch on real quick, and that is just stock market volatility. Um, you know, I know we've talked about a lot of these things and, you know, the China trade concerns, inverted yield curve, things like that are definitely causing volatility in the markets. Um, but there there are other things as well as far as, um, you know, earnings being released, you know, small bits of news on companies that's starting to really swing stock prices, Um, you know, I know we've been sitting in the trade room and there's, you know, five to 10 percentage swings on one security in a single day based on, you know, barely missing earnings. So I just wanted to get your quick opinion on, you know, a potential uptick in volatility um, compared to historical trends. Well,
0: I'm going to answer that question by giving a shout out to UT Austin.
1: Jack, (laughs) you know, Jack uh, gave
0: his shout out earlier. So it's, Jack knows I went to grad school in Austin and I had an outstanding uh, economics professor by the name of michael brandle and you know at our commencement the one of the things he talked about was a key component of the financial system in a in a developed country society just successful like we are was just trust and it's it's just so critical and it, it's it's something that we you know we try to quantify uh when we do our stock valuation you know we look at leadership and we look at financials but really what what we're talking about when we trade bonds and when we look at stocks we're talking about trust how much trust do we have in this organization to attract and retain not only the best talent but to go out and make money and return that to shareholders and then we see something like uh, WorldCom or Enron and you know it, it destroys that and we have a real hard time and it takes a while a while to recover and then i i believe uh, i don't know if Warren Buffett said this but you know it takes a lim- lifetime to to earn a reputation and then you can lose it in in a matter of minutes by Betraying that trust of somebody. So the reason I bring that up is, is we have seen a very high level of uh, volatility in the markets. And it's concerning for, for us because that communicates a certain level of restlessness uh, to me as, as a money manager uh, with the participants in that market. So, you know, I think about several years ago uh, when we saw the, the then infamous or famous 700-point drop on the Dow. You know, and that was probably 10 years ago, and it made the headlines. And now that's, you know, that happens, Jack. You've been in the trading room now. It seems like it happens all the time. Yeah, a couple um, of times. Yeah, recently. we beat that today. <laughs> in fact, a couple of, couple of months back, uh, it was actually in December, so it's been a little longer than that. I'm showing my age here. Um, You know, we saw a 1,400-point uh move, you know, down. And, and we have these massive swings, and there's – you know, it seems more like a, an emerging markets economy, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's just – it's just really amazing to me, you know, just in the 20 years that I've been doing this, uh, you know, I started on a trading desk about 20 years ago. And, and, um, you know, these swings were just not as common. Uh, So I would just go back to trust in the financial system. You know, I would go back to that restlessness. um, But I will tell you that that we are or we take the trust that you place in us as investors uh very seriously and so one of the things that we do is you know when we see this we don't go hide under our desk and and Jack can attest to that you know that's I wouldn't say we get aggressive but we get opportunistic and we're very thoughtful you know and we're taking a close look at our price targets and and we want to be on the balls of our feet to uh to get ready uh for those pullbacks and we want to know which companies you know we're interested in uh, those are times when we see these volatile, when we see these, uh, what I call tantrums. You know, as, as some of you may not know, I have a pretty large family. I have six children, and I'm very familiar with the child uh, throwing a fit uh, like a, a fish on the floor. If you've ever seen a fish out of water, that's kind of what they look like. Uh, and that's very much how the uh, the markets are acting. And, and, you know, just like a child throwing a fit, that's a time of, of great opportunity. You have a teaching moment um and really to make uh some huge gains and you know it's very similar in the markets uh we see that and we we've got our finger on the trigger um and so i'd leave you with this i would just say jack that uh, the more volatility and restlessness i know it sounds opportunistic but isn't that our job yeah it is and it's uh it's something that that we take very seriously and we have a passion to do so i am not going to say uh, I, I quoted warren buffett one time before and I, I think he said he tap dances sometimes when the market's down uh, the, you know in, in these large large uh, large magnitude amounts that we've talked about i wouldn't say we tap dance but we do uh, we do get very interested
1: absolutely so that's all the questions i have right now um, did you have anything to add
0: You know, I really appreciate it. As, you know, as I was talking, I was also thinking that, uh, you know, all these headlines, uh, there's a couple of things they have in common. You know, they they seem very disruptive, uh, you know, and and I mean that, you know, in a negative fashion. But here at the Rudd Company, we we look at that disruption uh, in a more positive way. If you think about some of the companies which have really disrupted technology lately, uh, you know, I won't say their names, but some of the ride-sharing or TV Top or boxes that you see that are very small uh, very successful very disruptive technology that has really brought uh, not only a new convenience but an exciting uh, new way of life for us you know sharing information with all parts of the globe Um, and I just I I love that opportunity it really excites me uh, when you see those things uh, not just trying to find good prices on existing technology and boring things we like those too right Yeah, (laughs) but um, it's it's the new technology. So I'd say, you know, I'd say the disruption is an opportunity. And that's how we look at it. And the best place to look for opportunity is in that disruption. You know, as we talked about a new technology, more competition, you know, leadership change in a company, or simply just a market sell off, like Jack and I saw today, these things don't have to be bad. After all, we, you know, we can't control our environment, but we can certainly control how we respond to it. So those of you that are listening our clients and investors just think of yourself as a high performer. You didn't succeed by flinching every time you saw adversity. In order to win and succeed, you must always be on the lookout for opportunity and have the ability to act when that opportunity presents itself. And and as as asset managers, you know, we we're no different here. Uh we're always alert looking for the opportunity and keeping your investment portfolios agile enough to respond to those opportunities quickly. So You know, we're in August now. We're we're closing it up and looking forward to September. I would just like for all our investors to prepare themselves for more volatility. As we said before, recessions, they're a normal part of a capitalist economy and and shouldn't be feared. Um, As successful investors at any stage, we should use them as opportunities to reassess and when I talk about reassessing, just, you know, it's a great time and it, it brings the financial goals and objectives and things that you've talked to us about or shared with family members or your spouse or your mentor. It, it has those things come to the top and, and boil to the top. And it's it's really important to reassess those during those periods where you may feel that there's a little bit of pressure on you. It, it really clarifies and crystallizes those things. And it's a, it's really a great time and, and a great time to to respond and and use those as an advantage and or as an opportunity. Of course, it's much easier to do this if you have made an accounting of your resources ahead of time. Uh, we always talk about having dry powder in our portfolios, so we do keep like to keep a little bit of cash in the equity side. It's not that we're being lazy and or uh, we don't want to earn return on those few dollars that we keep aside. But it's you know if we see that nice big buck come up, come up on the feeder, we want to be able to definitely take the shot. Uh, and, and you got to have you got to have the resources and dry powder uh, to do that. So so while I do love the uh, love the saying that opportunity favors the bold, uh, it's also important to be prepared. Um, so I've been talking a little bit. So any comments before we move on, uh, Jack?
1: I don't think I have any.
0: Well, I uh, I just want to uh, take a moment uh, to thank all of you and our listeners and, and also invite you, uh, our investors, And listeners to share your comments and ideas for future topics um, and discussions on this program. Uh, Again, just as a reminder, our goal in doing these is not just to inform, but to add value and give our clients guidance on topics uh, relevant to you in a simple and easy format. We can only do this if we know what you want to hear. Uh, So please take some time throughout the next month to send us a message through our website at www.therudcompany.com, and that's the, is uh, dot ycom or send us an email at rudco, R-U-D-D-C-O, at therudcompany.com with your comments and suggestions. We'd love to hear from you. In closing, I would like to say thank you to all of our clients, all of us here at The Rudd Company have a passion for what we do, and that's uh, wealth management and helping you win and achieve your long-term financial success Thank you very much for listening today. Uh, This is the Rudd Commentary. I'm your host, Josh Rudd. And from all of us here at the Rudd Company, invest long and prosper.
1: This commentary is distributed for informational purposes only and is not intended to constitute legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Nothing herein constitutes any offer to sell or solicitation of any offer to buy any security. All investment strategies and investments involve risk of loss, including the possible loss of principal invested, and nothing herein should be construed as a guarantee of any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Any opinions expressed by employees of the Rudd Company are the Rudd Company's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of any affiliates. The opinions expressed by guest speakers are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Rudd Company or any affiliates. Guest appearances on this program does not imply the Rudd Company's endorsement of any entity, person, product, service, or investment. All opinions are current and only as of the date of recording and are subject to change without notice.